Hello again, everybody. This is Lance Russell with Championship Wrestling with another big week. Join us right now. Hey, hey. Welcome to the Double Dropkick Show. I'm Heath Mulliken. And I'm Mark Whitney. And it is September the 12th, 2019. And today, on this episode, going to talk a little wrestling with you. Because we are the Wrestling Podcast. We talk about the wrestling you grew up with, wrestling you watch now, and stuff. Lately, we've been talking about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Because we ain't watching a lot, a lot of wrestling. Wrestling ain't really all that good. I'm, I'm really excited for AEW on TNT. I'm really excited to see... Yeah, yeah. What they do with that? Because for twenty years we've been we've been begging for an alternative, and we're like, Impact's not really cutting it for us. Ring of Honor's not cutting it for us. We really want an alternative, and here comes this company. We're gonna be an alternative. We're gonna be different. We're gonna be on TNT. We've got Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone. Sign me up. But I'm very curious and, to see how the product. I started watching. Yeah. Uh, so I have not watched all out yet. I've just not had time. I've just not had time to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I haven't either, and I'll be honest with you. Based on the sorry state of the pre-shows that they put out, I won't be watching Yeah, you watch the pre-show, and you're like, what in the world? Yeah, it's not. It's that's not for me. Um, I'm not into the Orange Cassidy's and the, you know, yeah. stuff like that. I don't like that stuff, man. Yeah, and... Um, you know, that doesn't make you a bad person. That make you bad wrestling fans. Just what you do, yeah, like and don't like. What I like. I mean, I, I want to. I would rather somebody come along and do some old school stuff. And I'll be honest with you, the more I like, I always, I don't like Kenny Omega's. Uh, I thought bell to bell Kenny Omega was good. Right. Um. I never like to hear him talk. Yeah. I can't stand to look at him. I don't yeah. like his. his <laughs> Body language, right? The, uh, just the way he carries himself. It just, yeah. I don't like any of that stuff. I never have, but I always knew that he was a good wrestler. Yes. But I'll be honest with you. The more I see of him, mm-hmm. the more I realize that he's the best wrestler in the world, as long as he's in the ring with Okada. Right. And, and not that he's not a good wrestler. Yes. Uh, yeah. Probably better than you know, better than good. Um, but I don't think he's as good as I thought he was mm, after seeing him in the ring with other people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just think Okada and him have a chemistry together. That's right. Um, and he just doesn't – to me, I, I don't know that he's the guy you're building a company. I don't think they are building a company around him. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe their plan is to – I'm sure it is to, to figure him into the upper card, but he just – you know, and Cody is the same way, man. Like, I mean, yeah. there's, there's – I don't know. I think Cody might have been – I think he's gotten better. I mean, we've talked yeah. about it. He has gotten a lot better. But I still don't know that he's ever going to be a guy that I would pay a lot of money to see in a in a main event. Right. Um. Yeah, so – the uh again neither one of us were able to watch uh all out uh, i do think we would love your thoughts on jericho being the first champion we do i want to talk about jericho cuz as soon as all out's over stuff starts going viral with him uh-huh. and so i really want to talk about um just jericho and his ability to 
adapt work yeah and and yeah so uh what are your thoughts on putting the championship on him first i think it's good i mean i think sometimes you have to use a title to elevate a guy and sometimes a guy can elevate a title and and Mm -hmm. i think putting it on him to start with is a good move because i think the money's always in the chase yes especially starting off with a company if you put it on like, nobody really knows much about Hangman Page. Yes. Um, but I'd like to know more about him. I'd right. like to learn who – I'd like to see what his motivations are, and I'd like to learn those types of things about him. And and I'd like to follow his quest to be yes. the champion. Yeah. But that's a, to me, that's a good opening story. That's a good first chapter in that yeah. company is building – like, if you want to build it around Hangman Page, then building that reputation off of the back of Chris Jericho, and you great. And now you're going to have weekly TV to mm-hmm. tell the story of Hangman Page, introduce him to a broader audience, right? And uh, to me, and again, I didn't see it, but Chris Jericho, he says this throwaway line, a little bit of the bubbly. I did see that. It's a. It's not. A, it's a, he. It's from Dumb and Dumber. Right, he right, got, right. He he stole the Dusty Rhodes idea. Yeah, that you take something people have heard before that they may not even realize they've heard before. Oh my! And he probably wasn't even thinking about it. No, you know, it was just, just a came throwaway out. line. It just came out. I mean, he clearly wasn't. He was just ad libbing. Yeah. And they said that in Dumb and Dumber. You're and telling he, me that that was not scripted? Believe it or not, I don't think it was. But it goes viral, and then and, the next day. He loses the t- championship. Then he loses the dang belt. <laughs> but that's like one of the coolest things that could have happened. Right. Know? I mean, that, they got it back, you know. Right. Like, that's kind of a cool thing. I found this bag on the side of the highway, and I opened it up, and, well, here it is. Is that what the guy said? Yeah. Huh. Let me just tell He Oh, he put it on Craigslist, and they're like, hey, you know, they're looking for that. And he's like, oh, I thought this was just a replica. I don't know anything about wrestling. They're like, no, uh, you need to turn that into the authorities. Who did? Who told him that? It was on, he either posted it on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace. Huh. So he's like, hey, I found this on the side of the road. Anybody know what this is worth? And they're like, um, that's, because uh, that belt hadn't been out long enough to be, for them to have replicas of it. Right. Let me tell you, though. When they get those three to four hundred dollar replicas of that belt, there's gonna be about five thousand people wearing them at the dang show. Oh yeah, that is their That's audience. Their crowd. That oh, yeah. is their yeah. audience. Yeah, they're they're the replica belt crowd, man. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. And that's a that's a good looking belt. It is a pretty yeah. It's a nice belt. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say it. Finders keepers. Possession is nine tenths of the law. I I sure wouldn't. I mean, I would show it to you. I would display it. How how awesome would that would have been? Hey, today on the Double Drop King Show, don't even say nothing about it, but just behind us yeah. uh, on the shelf, the AEW cool. World Championship. That would have been cool. Uh, we are not going to be buying the replica. So, But the takeaway really for me, and I didn't see the match, but I'm guessing the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks dang near killed themselves in a ladder match. Yes. And Chris Jericho got over because he said, let's see a little bit of the bubbly. Yeah. And look at these cheap olives because he's actually over. Right. That's so crazy. 
And That's he, not crazy. It's been what wrestling's no, about. This is very true. Since day one. About it's yeah. about personalities and it's about yeah. that's And and now oh, you said it on behind the scenes earlier. You got all these guys, they're all cookie cutter. Yeah. No personality. Mm-hmm. I do think they all look the same, they all dress the same, they all talk the same, they all brother, brother, brother. To me like that's one thing I do like about the the AEW YouTube videos. They are trying to introduce you to the personalities of the one mm-hmm. this week was Sammy Guevara or Guevara. Mm-hmm. And here's a guy. Why is he wearing a panda head? I like it. Well, That's different. Yeah. Is he a biggest guy? But he and he's like, man, Cody said I was a good worker. I got potential. I hate that. I want it now. I'm like, I like this kid. I didn't like him before. The mug's wearing a panda head. Oh, the mug. I don't, yeah. I don't. I know who you're talking about. Don't know about the panda head. Yeah, he wore that to the ring. That was his like ring gear. Oh, okay. Instead of like wearing like the the lion head, like somebody would wear, it was like a panda. It wasn't a pita. It wasn't a real panda. Pita, I'm getting some dang pepperoni on my pizza today. I had, oh they, I had, lo- they lost it. I'm not well. Never. What? Mind. Come not, on now. No, I can't. Like I can't. It's not a. Yeah, I can't say it. Okay, we'll talk I'll about it. You, oh, thank you. Um, but it just goes to show, not only the personality of Chris Jericho, but that he is, he is a performer. Yeah. He and he adapts and he changes, and if you go back over his whole career, he is always reinventing himself. More so, I would say, than no, here probably than right. any other wrestler. Yeah, you may be right. He's invent like like Flair has pretty much been Flair, right? You know what I mean? And Hogan's always kind of been Hogan, even, right? Even when he turned Steve Austin, Steve Austin. I mean, yeah. But you're right, Jericho. It's always a little something different, man. You know, he tweak, he keeps reinventing himself. That's pretty cool, man. Did you see the video of him in the hot tub when he announced that the belt was missing? No, I did not. <laughs> He's in this hot tub, wearing a scarf. Of course, he was. He he has the champagne, pours it in the glass, sets the glass down. <laughs> Drinks it out of the <laughs> bottle. It's just these little things. Yeah. That most guys would be like, well, that would be kind of stupid. Why would I wear a scarf in a hot tub? Right. It doesn't go along with my character. <sighs> and it was just kind of like all these little things that the guy did. And he's like, whether a couple, it had to be a couple things. If, if the guy really found this bell on the side of a highway. Yeah. That sounds like they give him the uh, no questions asked deal, and he was like, I better take advantage of that while it's – Yeah. Um, but the story was, man, Chris – because some people were saying, man, Chris Jericho needs to get help. He got drunk, uh, and he lost this belt, and da-da-da-da-da. But – no matter what happened, it's bad that he lost. Yeah. It's bad. And he turned think, it into some sort of angle, and he made it about him. It's not like 
he fell over in a ditch. <laughs> he was he left it in the back seat of a limousine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Allegedly. At a Longhorn Steakhouse. Yeah, I love it. Like, that was the thing. <laughs> the whole thing. The whole story. Like, for me. Yeah. Like, as I was reading it, all the details, I went, Longhorn Steakhouse? Like, really? that's it? That's, that's where he's, you go? He's not eating it, Ruth's Chris. <laughs> yeah, you went to Longhorn And I love, you know, Cody tweets out, I prefer Outback. Was, was, and... was Applebee's closed? <laughs> well, you know, have you heard the thing now? MJF made some, on being the elite, he was making fun of people that ate at Applebee's because it meant they were poor. And people, <laughs> holy crap. Yeah. Up in arms oh i'm sure up in arms well i saw a thing the other day that some some dipstick tweeted out that was like uh these guys like him and i think he was kind of specifically talking about him uh they say these mean things and it's they don't understand it's not real heat it makes me actually not like them and i was like you moron. Like that is yeah, really it is real heel heat. Yeah, that is the <laughs> definition of real heel heat. Did you hear about the word the kid in the wheelchair? What? That, that MJF signing said, Hey, look what I can do. And he stood up. <laughs> no, he did not. God help us. <laughs> That's great. Yes. You know? Oh, Oh, so so somebody's uh, – we, we talked about a Twitter account on Behind the Scenes, uh-huh. which is why you should become a patron for a dollar a month. That episode today is worth $12, which would be a year worth of uh, subscription. We were talking about this creepy Twitter account, and that same person said, well, I was watching something on TV. I fast-forwarded through an Applebee's commercial. I bet MGAF would be proud. I was like, "What is wrong with what? What is wrong with people?" Oh, yeah. well, I might go eat at Applebee's today just to make you mad. Now I don't want anything but Applebee's. That's right. That's all I want. <laughs> and that's why MJF is great. He's great because he's got me wanting to go. Hey, you think I'm poor? I'll show you. <laughs> Did you know? So, not to change subjects. So there was a white claw shortage in the United States. Did you hear about I this? Didn't. I don't even. Di- well, it's probably because Clemson started back. Oh gosh, but that, but Joe, is this all started? If you follow wrestling Twitter, Joey Janela at a show had a white claw, and and so all the people on Twitter are like, "What's a white claw?" And then everybody, all the wrestling Twitter people, I went to the thing in Tennessee, the white claw was all everybody was talking about. Oh, it's gross. It's not. And I honestly like. I think wrestling fans caused a dang white claw shortage. I doubt. Because Joey Janela, I don't know. Maybe. I'll be honest with you. I don't think Joey Janela's over enough to cause a white claw shortage. I Here's what I think. I think I, somehow it went viral like the Popeye's chicken. No, I get that. People hear about it and start talking about it. Because I think Joey Janela, so I think Joey Janela started it, but then person B doesn't know Joey Janela. But I think it just, I think it may have started as a wrestling thing, but grew beyond that to where people were just talking about White Claws. People have been talking about White Claws for a while now. Oh, see, it's I not know. a. I'm not in that. You're not running in the alcoholic crowd, but trust me, <laughs> White Claw has been a meme for like a year now. Oh, I didn't yeah, know yeah, that. It's been, a, it's because it's, there's, 
it's the most basic. It's it's a it's it's alcohol for for stupid kids <laughs> that want to get drunk but can't handle the flavor of real alcohol. That's what White Claw is. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing like anybody who's a real seasoned drinker. They ain't drinking White Claw, bro. I can tell. I you mean, that. White White Claw is for fresh livers. I think is what you're trying it to is, say. It is. It is for sorority girls and and frat guys. To, if I'm being honest, I mean, I've seen frat guys buying it, but they're just buying it to give to sorority girls. Um, yeah, it is. It's the most basic drink. It, you know, it's the chicken McNugget of food. <laughs> you know, or it's the chicken McNugget of alcohol. The like chicken the, McNugget of alcohol. It's like the most basic thing. Copyright. We copyright that. The chicken. You're the chicken McNugget. <laughs> Of of wrestling, <laughs> of, uh, whatever you know, and that's all wrestling is now—a bunch of chicken McNuggets. A bunch of chicken McNuggets, but that's what White Claw is, and it it is it's yeah. Don't get no White Claw. <laughs> I mean, I had one. I like where you could put the things together. I was like, I got to try one because everybody's yeah. talking. Because I like uh, so I like conic water yeah. as most seasoned alcoholics do. <laughs> I enjoy the taste of club soda and tonic water. So I was like, okay, well, I'll try one because I like seltzer. You know, I, I enjoy the taste of it. So. Speaking of mixing drinks together, we didn't. I didn't talk about this on our Disney episode. We went to the Coke place. Sorry, Boomer. We went to the Coke place at Disney Springs, mm -hmm. and you can buy the tray. We bought the tray where you can try all the different Cokes. Right. And let me tell you, they were all hot, hot garbage. Yeah, yeah, they're not. They're they not were good. not good. You know, like you it was went to Epcot free. No, I had to pay five hundred dollars right, right, to get into right, Epcot that's, that's instead of the fifteen dollars I spent on did these. They, two. Did you get Beverly? Did it have any Beverly on it? I don't know. I'm, I've tried to forget it. I've tried to block that yeah, out. Of my, some of it was nasty. such an unpleasant experience. Yeah. Um. Just that, the different flavors right, of Cokes for, from around the world. Yeah, they're and, all created for the palates of other countries and the stuff that they eat. It was not created for the Mulligan palate. No. No, I've never done it. Now, you can go to the Chill Zone at, um, at Epcot, and they got little bitty cups, and they got all these fountains up, and you can just kind of get little, little cups full and taste them. But I think you get more at the World of Coke. But the best thing to do at World of Coke that – that we always try to do is like at some point during the day we want to chill out and relax. We go upstairs. You went up on the the the, the deck, right? Yes. We always just go up there and get a Mexican Coke in the bottle. Ah. Uh, because they still use sugar. Yeah. They don't use corn syrup. Ah. Uh. And they're spectacular when they're fr they're good and just icy cold, and we'll sit back and. I think we've got uh, some pictures with the polar bear. Maybe I have to check. That was a. F I mean, we got to meet the Coke polar bear. The the very the only one, the only one in existence. And you know what? You know where he was from? He was uh, not the polar bear, but the guy who was in charge, the polar bear's hand handler, South Carolina Gamecock man. And I had on a Clemson hat, and so we kind of yeah. did as we do. You know, yeah. The, we both the jaw jacket agreed on our hate for Alabama. Yeah, yeah. So. um Anyway, that Chris Jericho, man, he's great. 
So they say. You remember? A little bit of the bubble. You, you remember when uh, when he said he was the man of a thousand and one holes? <laughs> you, do you remember that? Yeah, you remember, remember when he would be mad at somebody and, and then he would he would kind of pause and then tell them they just made the list. Remember, remember <laughs> you remember? You remember when he started that band? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. remember when he came out on Raw that time when The Rock was talking and they made a big deal, then builded him up like somebody was coming to WWE from WCW. Yeah. Remember when he had Ralphus? Yeah. Dude's been around a long time. Like, he really has, man. It, man. He's been around a long time. And he's had a – I mean, he's been on top for a long time. Yeah. yeah. He was – the like you think about it, he was the first – uh, unified champion and didn't win that match against uh, Barry Horowitz and <laughs> Dean Malenko. Beat Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock in the same night. Yeah. And honestly, man. Even he I was, haven't done that. Yeah, that's right. He was the first because that was in an era when everybody was, all the old guys were going to WCW and they were getting the the big checks to not do a whole lot of work. And he was like one, if not the, he was one of the, he was the most notable that I can remember guy from who was kind of underneath all of those old guys that wouldn't get out of the way who made the jump to WWE mm. to to become a star. He right. Was that, he was like the first one in that era to make that jump and and kind of spearhead guys saying, all right, I want to go up there. Like right. That, that's where the, the – the, yeah, I understand you could probably make a little more money down here and, and do a little bit less, but I would rather go up there and be a star. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he's done well. Yeah, he's done all right for himself. Best-selling author. And I read, I read one of his books was really good. I can't remember which one it was, but I yeah. did read one of them. Yeah, he's multi-talented, multi-faceted. Mm-hmm. I do think... The talk of him being the goat. Yeah, I don't think that's true. Um, that's him, though. Right. That's the, that's the thing about wrestling fans, man. Like it, like he says it, and then they take it and run with it and start believing it. Yeah. You know? Let me let me ask you this: If we're if and and I'm I'm not talking about back to says and. Funks and Briscoes, but if we're just talking about modern era, eighties uh-huh. to to now, mm-hmm. we're we're starting off. We're really starting off a new era. What could yeah, be? Yeah, what are. could be at the upper levels of wrestling a boom? I do not think. I do not think it's going to trickle down to the lower independents. Right, it's going to be a boom. There are going to be a few companies that get bigger. Would not be surprised to see Ring of Honor and Impact. Of course, now Impact owns Access TV, which is crazy. Um, so, but my question is, Chris Jericho's the AEW World Champion. Is it, Would it be possible for him to have a run in the next two or three years in a way that elevates that company and gets them to a level that we may not even think they can get to does that put him on the modern day Mount Rushmore with guys like Taker? And- yeah, I mean, I think he's got a, you know, I think he would have a claim if he, 
if that company takes off and becomes as popular and a, a real wrestling warehouse, yeah, I mean, I think he's got a legitimate claim to at least be in that conversation. I don't know that he ever will be. I think for the – this will kind of go back to what happened Monday night and Tuesday night. Um, if the, anybody wants to – to really have a real wrestling boom, they have got to stop bringing back Steve Austin to stun the stars of today. Yeah. And they've got to stop bringing back Undertaker to choke slam and, and tombstone the stars of today. Yeah. They have to stop doing that. Mm. And I love both of those guys. Yeah. But, I mean, imagine if, I saw, you know, there's this picture, man. What if every, you know, every other year, Bruno San Martino had come back to the WWF in the 80s and put Randy Savage in a bear hood. Right. You know, or, or come out and talk smack to anybody. You know what I'm saying? What if mm-hmm. every uh, what if every year and a half Harley Race came back and beat up all the four horsemen? Right. Right. So, you know, I just think if they want to – if they really want to get ahead and get some guys of today over, you have to stop bringing back people and reminding them of how much better wrestling used to be and how much bigger and larger than life the stars used to be. And you know, I heard that ratings for that Raw were not very good. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. Rating, I mean, it's because it's, it's yeah good. I mean, I you know. I don't want to spend a lot of, we don't spend a lot of time talking about it cuz I don't watch it. Man. No, I don't watch it. I want to if I watch something. Hey, I watched the Steve Austin stuff. I mean, I watched it on YouTube. Yeah, and the way you could with when it comes to wrestling, you can just go on Facebook and see everything you need to see. Right. Without I, sitting there just, for 3 I hours. I just think if uh if Steve Austin had come out and the glass shattered and blah 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 and then the you know the fiend comes out and destroys Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, we How cool uh, would that have been? Oh, and Bray Wyatt made yeah. that character made right. for a decade, right? For a decade, because right. nobody does that, and maybe they're going to do that. I don't know. Maybe you you bring I still the think, and I may be wrong. I think Steve Austin feels like he owes him one for that Brock Lesnar thing. He can tell when he talks about it all the time that, yeah. he, that he regrets it. That yeah. he kinda, not that he regrets – I don't think he regrets not not putting him over. I think he right. just regrets, like, walking not, out yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. He, you know, he beats himself up about it, I think. And I really – it's almost like sometimes you feel like he thinks he owes him one. Yeah. And I, I wish he would pay it off. I think he's waiting to pay it off with the right guy. Yeah. You know? I think um, – Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very excited for, you know, getting back to Jericho. I'm very excited for AEW to see what they do. And that's just, that's, the, you got NXT. Next, I mean, we're recording this on September 12th. Next week, NXT goes to USA mm-hmm. on Wednesday night. We're just a couple of weeks from this AEW debut on TNT. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the same week, uh, I guess, I guess AEW debuts October 2nd and then, SmackDown moves to Fox. I mean, this this Fox deal was announced over a year ago. We're here at it. Like, that's pretty exciting to see. And then you wonder how things are going to – you just wonder how things are going to change. But 
this boom period is going to be – there's going to be two companies, <laughs> you know. You're, you're calling it a boom period. It hasn't, hasn't boomed yet. Right, right, right. I'm so what, what, you know. You what, won't know for a while. Right, right. You And you won't know till, um, yeah, this is something you won't know for a year. Right. I'm not quite ready to go declaring a boom period yet. I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm Don't be sorry. It's your opinion. You have your opinion. I'm just not, I'm and I'm it's, I don't share it's it. not really my opinion. I'm repeating what other people I mean several people have told me, Hey, we're getting ready to go into a boom period and I don't believe that. I don't, I believe it might well, be a boom per, it might be a boom period for Tony Khan and Vince McMahon. Right. And it, here's my issue my concern with AEW is that they are going to cater to the ironic crowd. And that is not, that will make it a fad and that will not last. Yes. You know, I would hate to see AEW wrestling be the pet rock of, you know what I mean? Or the fidget spinner. I think we talked, we may have already talked about yeah. this, but where it gets hot for a few months, but there's, you know, but then the novelty of, of the Orange Cassidy's of the world wear off. They have, Th- there's going to be when you realize that's all it's a one dimensional thing here's the here's this is the going to be the harsh reality for AEW it is a two hour wrestling show you get seven or eight segments mm-hmm. they've already signed probably twice as many people as I thought they would I thought they were going to sign about 30 people men and women I thought they were going to keep a pretty tight roster. They've already expanded, maybe double that. Some of those people are going to find out really quick. There's not space for all of y'all on a two-hour TV show every week. And I think that is going to be, I think for some of these young guys, it's going to be a wake-up call. Of, oh, well, I hear I came here to have my creative freedom. And here's another thing, too. They've been letting y'all have your creative freedom on these pay-per-views. Uh-huh. And your you 8 to 10-minute match has been going 15 to 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. When you get to TV, you cannot do that. Nah. And the Jerichos of the world are going to be pissed off when they get to the end of the show. That's right. And you've gone over, and now Jericho doesn't have time to do his stuff because he is the man. You think of all the matches at All Out. Do you know the match that got cut for time? What's that? Omega and Pac. Right. One of the, you know. One, one of, of the, the main. Premier, one of the premier matches. Um, I remember I was at, we were at a seminar with Cedric Alexander. And this is before Cedric went. This is when he was kind of in that waiting period between Ring of Honor and WWE. And he, he and the guys, he had guys pair off and they were going to work a match. He said, you got, I think he said. It was either four or five minutes. Like, yeah, four or five minutes. And there was one match, and it was featuring a local guy, Ace Armstrong. Ace Ar- so, Ace Armstrong was was put in this throw-together match with a guy that physically couldn't do any of the drills they had been doing because he had a bad knee. He was a bigger guy. He and Ace had the best match of any. I not. That's not my words. That's Cedric Alexander's words. Mm-hmm. Cedric said that was the best match, and y'all came in under time. And Cedric said, guys, some of y'all went one minute, two minutes over. You do that on TV, you ain't on TV next week. Mm-hmm. And that stuck with me. And I think 
But I think are the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega going to be able to be jerks like that to say, if you can't stay on your time, we'll get somebody in here that will. Because time is your valuable – you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah, TV's man. a different beast. Mm -hmm. And none of these people have ever been on TV. No, and you can tell um, a lot of them do the things um, in front of, you know, 75 people. Right. That does not translate to a big arena. Right. You know, I mean, little things. And, you know, Harley Race, um, if you ever watch his matches, we've talked about it before. Like, you can see – Harley was a guy that could work for the guy up in the cheap seats. I mean, you could tell by what yeah. he was doing. So the guy up in the cheap seats knew what was going on, and a lot of those guys, the subtleties are, are, are not there. When when Jim Ross says things like, people need to slow down, what he means is, and when I heard this at a seminar, it takes three seconds for something to register with the crowd. Right. So if you super kick a guy, it takes three seconds for it to register with me. Oh, my. He just got super kicked. Mm -hmm. And by the time that super kick is registered with me, the guy has no sold it and done a Canadian store back to the other guy. Right. It is too much for the human brain to comprehend. It is. And then a guy like Chris Jericho walks in and says, how about a little bit of the bubbly? <laughs> and it gets over bigger than any any move that anybody did on that whole show. Right. And now it's a T-shirt. It's a T-shirt. They made, made money yeah. off of it. Mm -hmm. Made money off of it. That's the name That's of the game. It's all about. You got to make money without putting someone else's name and likeness on a T-shirt. Don't do that. Don't do, do or if you don't do that, don't do it to Jim Cornette. No, no. <laughs> if you want to hear more about that, again, go behind the scenes for a dollar a month at patreon.com slash double dropkick. Hey, we want to hear um, we want to hear your thoughts. It's good to get back to some wrestling talk. Again, the next, you know, probably the next time we record, will I be in town? I think I'm out of town the next time we're supposed to record. Really? Because I'm out of town the time I'm the time after that. So it, by the listen, we'll be in another boom period of wrestling <laughs> by the time we get together. Where are you gonna be? I've got a conference in Tennessee that I'm gonna be at. Where are you gonna be? Oh, you gonna be? I know where you gonna be. Maybe. No, you probably do. You'll be better. Uh, where you're gonna be? I've got a guide you can borrow to that. Although you don't need a guide, think, you can write the. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I got you. two of your guides, yeah. but uh, let, let me, uh, how shall I say this? Is a smuggler's run in your future? Yes, okay. yes, probably so. So is a lot of things. Yeah, mm. a lot of things in my future. My future's so bright, I gotta wear shades. Me too. And I got a pair out there that cost more <laughs> than your whole wardrobe. <laughs> and I want to put them on. These shoes <laughs> cost more than your house. I want to put those sunglasses on with my shoes and my hat and. I want to go get some pizza. <laughs> in your car. <laughs> in my car. And I'm going to need for you to pay for it. <laughs> that is what we do, folks. If you if this is your first time listening to the Double Dropkick Show, this is it. It is, it is not two wrestling experts. It is two guys who have been finding their way here in the podcast world 
for five years, but most of all recapturing that style and panache and that chemistry that made them the terrors of Riverside <laughs> Middle School, Pendleton Junior High, and Pendleton High School. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, we're on Twitter. Whoop it, whooping tail and taking initials because I ain't got time to write down names. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, and if I wrote down the names, you wouldn't be able to read it anyway. Boy, ain't that the truth. Hey, we're on Twitter. You Maybe you're on Twitter, maybe you're not. Some of the kids. I'm at Heath Mulligan. I'm at the DDK Show. And uh, we're entertaining, and you should follow <laughs> us on there. <laughs> or not. <laughs> or not. Doesn't. Just become a patron. That's I what. want to. I've been thinking about turning my Twitter into the everyday conversations that I have with the millennials at work. Yes. <laughs> you, know, you should create a funny. new account it's for funny, that. It's funny stuff, man. It's funny stuff. Also. The other day, one of them come up, something was going on. He goes, are you in your feelings? And I said, I ain't going to use the exact words. I, I ain't never been in my blanking feelings. Yeah. And he goes, well, you sound pretty angry right now. And I said, is that what being in your feelings means? And he goes, yeah. I said, then I probably am in my feelings when you're asking me <laughs> these stupid questions. What does that even mean? Are you in your feelings? Yeah, I don't have any idea. My feelings are in me? Yeah, I don't know, Kat. I, I don't. They say so much stupid stuff, and they don't get any of my jokes. Oh. I made a – I caught one of them. Oh. I had I was working with a kid the other day, and uh, I said, man, it's like uh, uh, seeing you over here is like cutting on the Three Stooges and finding out it's an episode with shrimp in it. <laughs> <laughs> no. You know, just kind of yeah. picking, picking at it. We pick at each other. And he looked at me with this blank stare. Mm. <laughs> what? I went in, never mind. <laughs> Just trust me, it's disappointing. <laughs> so, maybe we should end this with a joke. I tweeted this out. It was, one, it was such a funny moment. We walk into Walmart, and I'm going, I think I'm going to get Alka-Seltzer, because I was just like, I really want to sleep good tonight, and this will help me sleep. And they have the citrus flavor. And uh, Alka-Seltzer helps you sleep. I think it does. I slept good that <sighs> night. Must be nice. <laughs> to have, just to have a virgin liver, <laughs> Lily White. Oh man! Oh boy, these, these Alka Seltzer have, have got my head spinning. <laughs> I just drink it and go right to bed. Sometimes, uh, but uh, we're walking through, you know, the pharmacy and the medicine, and my daughter Karis is with me, and she says, "Just out of the blue, no prompting." Because I'm just like, man, what aisle would this be on? And she's like, you know, I was so disappointed with Pepto-Bismol. I thought it tastes like bubble gum. Instead, it tasted like butt. And I lost it. I mean, you know how I laugh. And I laughed, and they heard me in the automotive department. Uh And I just thought that was funny, man. And I applauded her. Give her a slap on the back. I did. I did. And I'm like, did you? And she wasn't making a joke. No, she was we've just, all felt that. We've she, all had that Pepto Bismol experience where it because it does look delicious. Yes, it is not. No, it's not. That's just hey, that's a free public service announcement. Pepto Bismol, not <laughs> bubblegum, not delicious. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Double Drop Kick Show. All our episodes, Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere else. As always, I'm Heath Mulliken. <sighs> 
And I'm Mark Whitman. <laughs> Hello again, everybody. This is Lance Russell with Championship Wrestling with another big week. Join us right now.